right. Here we are. Welcome back. Welcome Science back. in between. Science in between. Here we are. I'm Scott. I'm Ollie. And it feels like we should have a roll, please. Something like that. Yeah. This is the end of year two, season two, 104 episodes. 104. We are triple digits. I know. Look at us. It's a long way to quadruple digits, though, so it, it could be a while. What's wild is that uh, we were looking at metrics, Scott and I, just over the last couple of days, and you know, some people are starting to you know catch on to this thing that we're doing. But the cool thing is, is that we're recording this two-year episode, and somebody's going to listen to it like a year from now, and going to be like, "Oh, this is like <laughs> <laughs> the back catalogs." Yeah, it's the, somebody they are... who's driving across the country is going to download all a hundred episodes. Yeah. yeah. We, we know we know who those folks we know, are. The, those that person knows who they are. Yeah, friend of the show, friend of the show. Who you, who you've met, and I, I, have, only... I have now met in the flesh, but who uh, really is more of a friend of the Ali side of the show because uh, you all you all have a a working relationship. Right. We've presented multiple times yeah. together yeah. nationally. Nationally, I still I have not met this person face to face yet. No. Well, no. thanks. For the all pandemic. good. It's all and, good. But that's a, that's the nature of the world we work in right now. Right. Is that that's, we can that's have this podcast started. Right. Absolutely. Oh. So, so we are going to uh, finish year two with just all joys. All joys. Like we did all, last year. Yeah. Nothing but joy all the way down. So that's, that's, and we have a list, right? We have we, a list. Well, we have a list of categories. We have a categorical list of things that we are going to um, go back and forth with about our joys. And right. we, we actually, I don't know what you're going to say and you don't really know what I'm going to say. So we might have some of the same joys, which often happens. I don't know if that's going to happen today though. Well, it doesn't often happen in fairness, at least in terms of what appears on the show. Often the joy that one of us has, the other one shares that joy, but right. it, it's only been, I believe if I look back into the historical archives, uh, that there has only been one occasion where we actually said we shared a joy. Which was bear. Wasn't the, it? the bear. The bear. The yeah. bear. Now, maybe that will reoccur here under uh, ca- a category to be named later, which is streamable series. But we'll see. Maybe not. Maybe, I, I'm maybe trying there'll to, be a... I'm trying uh, not to reuse joys. Oh, all I'm right. Trying, yeah. I mean, it's not... It wasn't part of the rules, but... Like we didn't say any rules. The rules we there are no rules. There are no rules. So no, no rules. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Right. I'm so a simple I... man, Kenny. <laughs> I know you but are. I know what joy is. See, there it is. I, there it is. Yeah. You did it. Nice Thanks. work. All right. So, uh, category number one: podcast. Podcast. Uh, podcast. Are you going first? You can go ahead. I can go ahead. Boy, what is like, right. So what I'm, what I'm going to do, the way that I'm thinking about this, and it's going to have a recency bias that I'm willing to live with is, uh, I am going to mostly pick, um, podcasts that I have been listening to recently that strike me as, um, as, as good that I recommend. Okay. Um, so I am going to. I, I for my podcast, I'm going to choose Blank Check with Griffin and David. I don't know if I've recommended this no. one. I have not looked before. So this is a podcast um, with two 
guys, Griffin and David. This is Blank Check with Griffin and David. I'm Griffin. He's David. Um, and it's about filmographies uh, of great directors uh, where where um, they they get a blank check to do whatever passion projects they want to do. And sometimes those checks clear and sometimes they bounce, baby. Wow. Um, and so basically what they do is they look at um, like the one that I've currently been listening to and really enjoying is about Stanley, Stanley Kubrick. So what they do is they <clears throat> pick a director and they go through their filmography one, you know, in chronological order and they talk about them and they have guests on, and sometimes those guests have deep knowledge of that particular director or they're just a, a, a film nerd or whatever. Um, the, the shows themselves are epically long. So almost all of the show, the podcasts are longer than the movies that they're talking about. Wow. Um, so they're like very, very long. I listen to them at single at episodes high speed. Yeah. So let me, well, let me look, I can look back right now at the most recent. So, um, and they did, they the one of the ones that they did uh, just before um, uh, Stanley Kubrick was uh, Sam Raimi. So the most recent one of those, of course, they did was um, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So that so that episode, the episode about Doctor Strange, was two hours and twenty minutes long. Right, which which is uh, almost it's got to be longer than the movie. I would They're think it's it's longer than the movie. Yeah, um, and and the one about paths of glory, which is the most recent Stanley Kubrick was two hours and five minutes long. And that movie is 80 minutes long, which, which is to say, no. Yeah. 80 minutes long. That's right. An hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. So, um, anyway, that sounds, that sounds cool. It's, it's a great podcast. It's really interesting. And it, and I, the, the thing I like about it is, is I like film, but I'm not like a passionate nerd about film, but it gives you a sense of, of how, a a a director's body of work hangs together over time. And I think it's really cool. I'm, I'm interested in how people, how people who are really good at what they do, do what they do. And this, that's an example of a, a podcast where you can really hear this. So, um, so yeah. I, I strongly recommend it and you get to hear about films or directors that you don't know much about Bob Fosse. They did one about Bob Fosse as a director oh, that's cool. and that, you know, given the Fosse Verdon just came out, like, but anyway, great show. Really, you know, it's funny and, and a little bit goofy, but they do a ton of research and they really dig in and talk about these folks and and try and contextualize their films in the time and also in relation to the other films in the arc of that of that director. So yeah. That's like cool. check with Griffin and David. Yeah. So I, I as I looked on the list of the things we're going to talk about for me, some of it is recency bias, like absolutely recency bias. It's like, mm. oh, this is a book I just read or this is a thing I just did. But then there's other things that I'm like, OK, like for for podcasts, it's hard because I listen to so many podcasts yeah. and yeah. people are always recommending podcasts to me. And so my my litmus test for this was, OK, what podcast every time it comes up, do I listen to? Like regardless. And oh, so there was criteria. And so there's only a couple of those that like that fit that bill. Like, you know, um revisionist history. Every time it comes up, as soon as it hits, I listen to it. But the one I'm gonna recommend is totally just it's one of those those joys that um it's it's a guilty pleasure. All right. Mm, and those it's, are nice. it, it's the phase zero podcast from comicbook.com. 
Mm-hmm. And the Phase Zero podcast is, you know, how the Marvel movies have all these phases, Phase 1, Phase 2, Phase 3. Mm-hmm. Phase Zero is uh, a podcast about all of the Marvel universe. And whether it's comic books or whether it's movies, um, they always start with news and they talk about like things that are coming up. And then they do reviews of current projects. Like right now, the uh, She-Hulk stuff is coming out. So they've been reviewing mm-hmm. that. And it's it's... They give you all the ins and outs of what's going on in those, but they also bring on actors and and directors and even fans or like celebrities that are fans. And it's just great. It's because it's what it does is that there are other people who are like fans like us. Yeah. Yeah. And so getting to hear them as as nerdy geeking out about stuff that we're we're into you know yeah. it's 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 great it's just, and whenever they 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 do it live and they record it so they're often responding to people who are posting things in the chat who are often saying things that like i'm thinking at that moment like <laughs> well, what about this and then someone reads it in the chat and i was just like oh that's what i was gonna say <laughs> so it's 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 cool because there's a whole community of people who are geeking out about this stuff and that's so every time it drops i listen to it every time like that that next day and they're long ish like usually 45 minutes to an hour which mm-hmm. is just enough time for me to you know on my way to to work or when i'm working out or whatever i'm doing that's a, like the perfect amount of time so yeah phase zero podcast nice i like it um i'll have to look that one up because i do not listen to that one so i'll add it to my list the cool thing is they started right about the time that we started so uh-huh. they're maybe have about the same number of uh episodes in in the can that we do right. but they have like millions of listeners they have like yeah whereas we just have hundreds and thousands and we just have us we just listen to yeah yeah, I just keep downloading to mess with our <laughs> metrics. <laughs> I think they know about that. I've bought like I've purchased so many different devices so that I keep fooling with the metrics. <laughs> just got a rack of them on yeah. the wall. Going through like money heist where they put yeah. all the all the yeah. phones on the wall and you're just like download, download, yeah. download, download. Um so speaking of which, I think you get to do smartphone app. I think this is gonna ha- it's gonna have to be a back, right? Because now you go first for a smartphone app. Okay, smartphone app. Uh, this was tough because, uh, you know, I, 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 I don't download as many apps as I used to. I used to be like, but I, but again, yeah. this was the one where, um, I was going back and forth between recency bias and also something that just brings me joy. There's an app that I use every day, every day, every day. Duolingo. I use uh-huh. it every day. I'm on like a 370 day streak of uh, uh-huh. of learning French. Why French? Because I want to go to France someday. Okay. And so, and I'd so like can to. You, can you can you give us a little? Give us a little no, French. No, no, no not I'm not going to do that. No, no, no. I didn't ask no. you to do it with a French accent because I know you have an accent issue. But no, you're not going to do it. No, no I'm not going to do that. I'm not your Allez trick pony. <laughs> I'm not your trick pony. Eh? <laughs> I am not eh? your trick pony, my friend. Yeah. So, um, it was one of these things where, um, we were. So with a family, we got a family plan on Duolingo and I was like, okay, everybody's got to pick a language that they want to learn so that when we go to Europe, yeah. that they can be the person who at least is somewhat comfortable reading or talking or something. Right. So I, I, I had originally been uh, doing uh, Italian and then uh, Enzo was like, my son was like, oh, I want to do Italian. I'm like, all right, you can do Italian. I'll do French. And so my hope is that I am at least able to read when I get there. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I have enough context clues 
um, that I can do that pretty successfully. You, you know, I have uh, enough trouble with English, you know, yeah, pronouncing words right. in English, yeah. you know, that, um, that yeah. the whole speaking thing is a challenge in general. So in, mm, in general, it's mm. like my, my mouth gets in the way, you know, yeah. and yeah, Stupid that's mouth. the problem. Stupid mouth. Duolingo. An, an app I use literally every day. Literally. Every day. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have a I have a, a different problem because I I like I'm amazed how little I use apps on my phone. Like I use I'm a very practical human. And I don't I essentially don't use social media or I use it to a very, very limited extent. So none of that stuff's on my phone. Um so I'm really pretty boring. Um, but what I'll talk about, I guess, which is maybe a little weird, but a fo- an app that I use all the time um, every day is Sleepwatch. So I keep track of, I track my sleep. I'm a weirdo. I track data about myself. I'm like one of those people who, and I, I don't do anything with this data. In fact, often I don't even look at it, but um, but I do track it. Um, and I, I find it fascinating to see how much data you can just sort of passively in the background collect using a combination of your phone and, and, uh, and your watch. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think I need to say a ton about it. Sleep watch. It's a, it's one of these things that like you wear your watch while you're sleeping. Um, and it keeps track of how much, you know, what your pulse rate is, how, how much you're tossing and turning basically, whether you're getting restful sleep or, or not. And then in the morning you get a little report if you want to look at it that says, okay, you did, you know, you fell asleep about this time and, and you woke up about this time and you were, you had disturbed sleep around these points in the night. So, um, so I've, I've found that actually really useful and I, you know, I, I have learned things about patterns that I have that I can try to adjust to make my, my sleep better. Um, and I know what kinds of things makes my sleep worse um, so it's, it's been, it's been a nice little experiment in personal data collection. Yeah. So I don't really have, I'm fascinated by sleep because I used, I, I've always been able to fall asleep, Yeah. but probably within the last, uh, I don't know, like two or three years, it's, I have trouble staying asleep. And mm. so I've, uh, developed this second sleep. Do you know, yeah. are you familiar with second well, sleep? You, you were talking, we, we were talking about it the other day. So yes, yeah. I'm familiar because you made me familiar like last yeah. week, I think. Yeah. So, you know, just Google second sleep, you know, uh, a friend of mine caught me onto this. The idea is that I guess someplace historically people, you know, would fall asleep on the early side because, you know, just when things got dark and then they'd wake up in the middle of the night and then be productive for, you know, an hour or so and then go back to sleep. And and that second sleep is that time period that's usually very intense and, and REM um, intensive. And so that's sort of what I've been doing. And I don't know whether it's a, you know, a getting older thing or what it is, but that's sort of the habit now. Like yeah. three o'clock in the morning, I'm awake, yeah. staring, reading, you know. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. Good times. Good All right. times. So um, that was a phone app. Do you want to jump ahead to game? We could do um, a game. A game. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. I could do a game. I mean, again, man, I feel like I'm such a loser about this stuff because um, I don't have – I'm always downloading games to play and try, um, but I, t- I typically don't um, – 
play that many games. So, uh, but I will say one one. So I'll I'll pick a game designer and then I'll I'll pick a specific game that I like from this game designer. So there's a guy named um, Zach Gage um, who does a whole bunch of different games that I've really liked. So he he had one um, called Really Bad Chess. He's got a a Pocket Run, which is like a billiards game, Flip Flop, which is like a solitaire game. Um, but the one that I've been playing recently is called not words K N O T. And it's like a weird cross between a crossword puzzle and a Sudoku. Um, so it sort of looks like a crossword puzzle, but there's an outline around certain parts of the crossword puzzle. And then there's that say outlines four boxes and then there's four letters and those four letters go somewhere in those four boxes, but you don't know where Oh, that's and, that, cool. and the whole board is like that. And so you, ha- and then they spell words, obviously like a crossword puzzle, but instead of clues, you just have to know that, okay, these four letters fit in here. I just have to move them around and then you move the other ones around. And um, so it's, it's uh, you know, for my brain, it's good. I, I've tried crossword puzzles in the past. I don't really like them. I don't know why. I think because there's like a whole sort of sub language to oh, crossword is. puzzles that yeah. I don't want to particularly learn. I'm much more interested in just finding the patterns. So, so this is a nice compromise for me because it helps me use my word brain. It's not just Sudoku where I'm just putting numbers into a thing. Um, but anyway, even if you don't like uh, not words, Zach Gage makes awesome games and he's well worth uh, um checking out one or more of his games because they're all cool. They're all like slight twists on traditional versions. You know, he's got a couple different solitaire games and they're a little different than each other, but they're different to traditional solitaire games too. So um, all of his games, he sort of takes a a genre game that everybody's familiar with and gives it an interesting twist. Um, So yeah, those are are my games. I love word games. Word games are my thing. I, uh, from Scrabble to... Uh, you know, Wordle and Quirtle and Octordle and all oh, the yeah. Wordle. Right. Nah, I, I get, it's almost like every, every day that's like part of my w- mm-hmm. wake up routine. I do the Wordle, I do the Octordle and it's usually like, I don't know, 15 minutes while I'm drinking my coffee. I do all those. Mm-hmm. But uh, the two things I would say that, um, again, this isn't the recency bias. These are the things that always bring me joy. So mm-hmm. um I do word hunt every day. This is a game pigeon text game that uh, I do. Is with this my... your pick, by the way? This is. This okay. Is, well, it's one. Go. I'm going to do two. I'm actually going to slide what? two. Wait, here. what? I have, I have so much joy when it comes to games. I just can't, couldn't stop, stop at one. There's no wrong. There's only right, Ollie. Uh, okay. there, I, I know. So <laughs> I word hunt. I started a word hunt battle with my friend, Jen, at the beginning of the pandemic. And mm. we play a round of three. So this is basically boggle. So yeah. you play, you get boggle and you find as many words as you can and you play it via text. So there's game pigeon. If you're not familiar with it, there's all, all these games um, that you can play with like texting. Like you can play pool, you can play darts, you know, beer pong, all these things. Um, and this word game is one that Jen and I've been doing. And we have like literally done this every day for what two and a half years? It's been awesome. It's the other thing awesome. that um, I'm re kind of refound is the New York Times does something called the Spelling Bee. Oh yeah, and it's yeah, like they have a whole slew of games that they offer. Um, but Spelling Bee was one I kind of stepped away for a while because it wasn't part of my subscription for some reason, and they would just like tease you with the first 
you know, a couple, you know, you could get to a certain level and they were like, they shut it down, yeah. but then they reopened it up as part of the New York Times subscription so that you can play all the way to like, to you find all the words. Right. Yeah. And yeah. when that happened, I was like, oh yeah. So it's another one of those things where I'm, you know, at some point in the day, I'm going to sit down and play the spelling bee and just see if I can get genius, which is the, actually the, the top level. There's a secret top level. Ooh. Genius is like the genius is like, Hey, you've, reached this point but there's also um queen bee queen bee is like the secret level and queen bee says that you found all the words wow all the words and so i if i have time if i have like a particularly you know light day and i'm just gonna hang it out i'm like all right maybe i'll try to see if i can get all the words maybe i'm gonna be a queen bee today yeah so and they give hints that you can access. I don't usually access the hints mm. until after I've hit genius. So I have to, so I, cause then I, at that point I'm like, okay, how many words do I have to get? Sure. So if it's like, oh, I'm at 34, oh, I've got to get 48 words. Okay. Then I've got to find 14 more words. Yeah. Good math. And there are clues. Just do that right in your head. I know. Yeah, I did. But that it's like, but they give clues as to like, okay, there's this many, le- you know, of this letter word. And, yeah. and so kind of, but I don't use that until any of the clues until after I've gone to genius. And some days I don't even get to genius, you know? Yeah. You can't be then, a genius every day, Ollie. No, no. Just some days, some days I'm just amazing. <laughs> Is Which so is a level. Crude. It's a level. It's a it level. On. Uh-huh, sure. <laughs> some days I'm just, some just days, great. Some days I'm just great. Amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> nice. Some days I'm just nice. Nice is like way. No, nice is nice is uh, a very backhanded compliment. Yeah. If you talk to, it's like oh, he, he's got a great personality. Like yeah. uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So there you go. All right. So stream, streamable series. Here it is, baby. Streamable series. Well, this was hard. Mm. This was hard because I, I was trying to, this was actually when I fell into recency bias because I could choose, you know, because we were always watching something. Um, But I'm choosing Reservation Dogs because season two is like right now happening. And it's a, I was trying, I was trying to figure out a way to compare this. Um. It's a, you know, a coming of age, you know, series with, you know, I think like four teenagers who are growing up on, um, on a reservation. They're all, you know, Native Americans. And uh, it is, it has this like kind of funny spiritual part to it that's, um, I don't know if you remember the old TV show, Northern Exposure. Mm-hmm. It was set in Alaska, yeah. which had always had some kind of like goofy kind of spiritual part to it. Cause there's a, a spirit who talks with the characters, a couple of the characters in it. And it, and the spirit him, himself is, you know, walking around in, in, in native dress, like, and, and he's so funny. He is like, like he's, you know, singing journey songs and he's talking about like eating food from McDonald's and, you know, and it's, it's funny because he's, you know, years old, like he's like, you know, centuries old or whatever, but and he just makes up stories about these, you know, famous Native Americans who he may or may not have interacted with. Mm-hmm. It's just hilarious because, you know, it's, it's a, it's a running theme in it. Um, 
like spiritualism and death and dying and life and, you know, just overcoming stuff. And it, it sounds like it's a heavy series, but it's really, it's deep, but it's also funny and it hits you on so many different places. Reservation yeah. Dogs. It's great. Nice. It's, That's it's Tycho Watiti. So save for Love and Thunder, which was not that great. He has a lot of hits. So that he he knows how to play those hard strings. Yeah. He knows how to hit the hits. Yep. Nice one. Okay. Well, I still haven't seen that, so I'll have to add that to my list. I mean, I, I'll I'll be honest. I'm I'm going to go back to to the one that we've talked about because I just like the bear was um just such a an amazing piece of television for me. Like it definitely like there there are a few things like Ted Lasso for me was one of those from the yeah, beginning. Absolutely. Like I saw that back in the day and I was like, holy cow. And I was an evangelist for that show. Um, you know, and it's easy to be an evangelist for something that's great, especially after it's recognized as being great. But um but I feel similarly about the bear. Like I, I watched that and I was like, A, this is not like anything I've ever seen before. And B, it's just a remarkable um balance it's like a knife edge balance between sort of characters and reality in a way that you don't see in television very much and and they they don't like the the dialogue is very realistic they talk over each other they're yelling they're there's like but also the characters feel like real people in a yeah. way that is really hard um i think to accomplish in a in a television show um, or whatever it is, a streamed series. So I just, I think it's just a masterpiece. And uh, I mean, I, there are quibbles about it that I could make, but overall, I just, it's it's one of those shows that I know uh, I will rewatch. And that is a rare thing for me. I, there are not shows really that I rewatch. Um, and, and this one is one that I know I'm going to go back and watch two, three times because it's just, there's, I'm going to get more meat off that yeah, bone every single time. So, and yeah. I think that there'll probably be like clues that you'll pick up. Yeah. Right. And it'll For be like, sure. oh, that's something that comes up in a later series, later episode. Oh, I should yeah. have caught that. Yeah. yeah. Cause it's, it is a, it is a deep, deep series and lots of great character de development. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Can't, yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah. So, and then, so movie is next and I get to do this one. So um, I'm going to pick. And I, what I think is an easy one, everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, just, you know, another one of those, like, I, I've never seen anything like this. And yet yeah. at the same time, it's a profoundly impactful experience. It was just so well done in every way. It's, um, it makes you think, but it's also makes you feel. And it's, uh, you know, it's about a mother daughter relationship, which certainly hits home. And for me with a family of, uh, you know, two daughters um but it's just it's masterfully made it's it's got enough funny in it to be funny but enough um reality even though that doesn't seem like a word that would would uh, be applied to this particular movie uh that it that it you know real people and just like this the 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 main characters are amazing, but the supporting characters are amazing. I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis is just spectacular in this like weird role. Um, if, for for her and I think just the world and Michelle Yao is of course who she is, which is amazing. So I, I was, 
Yeah, that was one. It was also one that I saw in a theater. So I think that probably has some some bias for me because it was, I think, the first film I saw in the theater um, after the pandemic. So so there may be some bias towards it in that way. But I just thought that movie was spectacular. So that's my movie. So I, I, I figured you're going to do that. So I, I figured I'd go a different direction. Uh-huh. And I was thinking about movies I've, I've watched recently. And, and when, when I was coming back from Europe, I was, uh, we flew Iceland air. Iceland and so, air. you know, you're sitting there in front of the, you know, the mm-hmm. monitor for, I don't know, eight hours. And I was just watching the things that are you know, available. And I ended up watching this like 20 minute documentary, which is available on, on Netflix. Um, and it's about a father and a daughter and set in Iceland. Mm. Um, and it's about, so he was an adventurer kayaker. Um, mm. And then he almost died. Mm. And so his, you know, response to that near death experience, you know, really informs how he parents and, mm. um, it's it's really I was trying to think of the the, the show in which wants well, a movie in which um I guess it's Viggo Morganson um lives off the grid. Do you know this? I do. Well, yeah. I, are you talking about the one where he has a family? Yes. And he lives off the grid. Yeah, Captain Fantastic. Captain Fantastic. So it's yeah. it has some like like feels of that Captain Fantastic. Um. But it's a little less like hard. Like that just seems like really rough. Mm-hmm. This, I mean, he has a house. He lives, you know. But they're constantly they're big surfers. They surf in Iceland, and that's the mm-hmm. thing they do. And so, um, I think that that I'm going to read a, a little bit of a review that someone wrote about it because it was I was like trying to figure out the right words to to use to describe this, and I realized this this guy kind of captures it. So this is from um, Outside Magazine that reviewed it. So the most difficult part of parenting is that we never really get a definitive answer as to whether what we're doing is working. If we're successfully straddling the line between risk and responsibility. You just have to accept the constant uncertainty of the dilemma and proceed. So then it they mm-hmm. reference the movie. So the guy, the main character, Thor, um, of course his name Thor. He's from Iceland, right? Thor, right? He and he says, I, I don't know if I'm doing it right, Thor says, or if I'll ever know. But the most important thing is that we're doing it together, he and his daughter. So mm-hmm. they they're like really big on doing this. And he says in the final season scene of of Uner, which is the name of this movie, U N N U R. Uh, Thor carries his daughter into the house and puts her to bed at the end of a long day at the beach surfing. As he says goodnight, she whispers her only line in the entire film. Can we go surfing again tomorrow? And so it's like, you know, just we don't know yeah. what we're doing as parents, right? We don't. Yeah. But the important thought part is trying to find ways to do it together. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that risk, that responsibility. Yeah. So yeah. it just really... Yeah, it's it's a it's it's twenty minutes well spent. It's beautiful. It is like you just want to go to Iceland and mm. and surf. I don't know how to surf. <laughs> yeah, but this guy, yeah, check it out because I think you'll get a lot out of it too, Scott. Because I know you're kind of like you know you're an adventure kind of guy. Yeah, you know? no, I'd love I'd love that. Yeah, it sounds good. And uh, yeah, I just I was reminded of an Apocalypse Now line about Charlie don't surf. Uh, that we, 
Do you know? Do you have you seen them? You've seen Apocalypse it, Now. Yeah, it has to be years since I've seen it. Uh, yeah. There's a there's a famous scene with Charles Duvall where he's he's in the cavalry, uh, which in in Vietnam meant that they were helicopter people, and they want to surf this beach um, because he loves to surf, and they just well, it's a, go see the movie sometime. It's it's a but Charlie don't surf is a line from that, and he's referring to the Vietnamese when he's saying Charlie. Oh. Yep. There you go. So anyway, there you go. And he's likely wrong about that, of course, because he's wrong about many things in that movie. Um, okay. You're still up though. Cause now you've got to do book for entertainment. So I, I, as I mentioned in a recent episode, I'm trying to read stuff that isn't in the adventure action, adventure spy genre. So I've just been going down the New York Times bestsellers and trying to figure out like what are the things that people are reading right now that aren't spy action novels. Mm. And so I just finished a book called The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, mm. which is a book I would probably have never chosen on my own. It, it's kind of like – I don't want to say it's a romance novel because it's not a romance novel, but it does talk about this. Evelyn Hugo is a – um, fictional character, kind of, I would say it's based off of maybe Elizabeth Taylor, maybe Mae West, kind of like this famous actress who spans multiple generations and has, you know, won Academy Awards and all of this and her seven husbands. But it's not really about that. It's about, um, it's it's about her life as a, a, a bisexual actress in old Hollywood mm. and how she worked to hide that from everyone. Yeah. And so um it's it's very much a story of now of how people um you know navigate sexuality um when there's still a lot of bias that happens with that. Um it is a great read. It really is. And it was recommended to me. Um, I saw it in the New York Times. I was like, has anyone read this? And, and Tony's like, I've read it. My wife, she's like, I don't know if you'll like it, but it was it's really deep. There's a lot of, like really in the beginning, you know that there are cliffhangers. I didn't, re- um, that's not a surprise. I guess maybe it's, yeah. but you can read it, a review and that, I'll tell you, but there are other cliffhangers that happen in a book. So there's mm-hmm. like, you, you know, you get the payoff as you come through it. It's great. It's a great read. Nice. Um, it's, long, it's a long book, but it is Really enjoyable. Nice. Yeah. Well, j- just a note, the the way it got on the New York Times bestseller list is lots of people read it. So when you say, like, has anybody read this? Probably, yeah, is the answer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I know lots of people have read it, but <laughs> I, I just don't know whether lots of people that Any of I your know, people. Right. Yeah. Finding out people, because like, sure, you know, there's lots of stuff on the New York Times bestseller that I'm just like going, I'm never going to read that. It's Hillbilly like- Elegy. Yeah. Like, no, I'm not reading that. And just because lots of people, you know, lots of people go to McDonald's, Scott. I'm not eating a McDonald's. Do they? Do they, they do. They, and that's not that I've, it's just not my thing. You, you know? just have something against my last name. I get it. It's uh, yes. A, it's it's that's horrible what it is. to have to go to places that are named after me. After, yes. Like, I'm not going to anywhere named after Scott. No. And that is named after me. It is my restaurant. So those of you out there in the world especially those of you who asked me when we were in kindergarten together, whether that was my restaurant. Nice. Yes, you, it is my restaurant. And Ronald never, McDonald is my father. Thank you. Wow. I, I see the resemblance now, yeah. now that you mention it. Yeah. Are you, 
Am I a clown? Do you think I'm a clown? <laughs> am I funny? Yeah. Am I here to entertain you? <laughs> am I here to entertain you? How am I funny? Uh, that's a good movie too, boy. Yeah. Howdy. Yeah. Good fellas. Gotta say yeah. that movie. Yeah. All right. Um, but we're not on movies, we're on books for entertainment. Yeah. So uh for me, books for entertainment um has to be, and this is a recency bias, but it also is, I think I would pick it anyway, is um, N.K. Jemison's The Broken Earth series. So I'm finishing the third book in that series right now, which is the or trilogy. It's a trilogy. So this will be the end, I hope. I mean, not because I'm not enjoying it, because I like closure. I don't like when, when the books are like, oh, yeah, there could be 10 more of these because I don't want to read 13 of these books. I know. Oh, yeah. Um, but I, w- I will read uh, three of them and really enjoy them. And I mean, it's it's sort of a science fiction fantasy. It's got a geoscience bent. I have recommended it on the show before, so I don't have to talk a ton about it. She won uh, two Hugo Awards for this, which is the Outstanding Science Fiction Award. Um, so she, out of three books, two of them won the award. So these are, you know, sort of like New York Times bestsellers. This is not like a secret book that nobody's ever heard of. This is a book that everybody's heard of and thinks is amazing, but it is amazing. And I think one of the things I really appreciates about this book is uh, did you say appreciates (laughs) appreciates about this book is that uh, is that um, she doesn't explain stuff, and I know that sounds weird, but but the way the book is written because it's it's set in in this alternate future world where there basically there's this idea that there's uh origin or origin i don't know exactly how to pronounce it um but it's this sort of power that people have over the earth essentially um and and so there's a lot of tectonics in it there's a lot of stuff about you know volcanoes and rifting and stuff like that but um you you are just sort of thrown into the story and you 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 have to develop your own understanding of this thing through the way that the characters are interacting and the talk that they're having about the things so there isn't a lot of exposition about like here's how it works and here's what the fulcrum is and here's what how how the power works and here's how here's what a guardian is or any of these you just have to sort of work that out on your own and i really appreciate that about the book because it does make you think in a, in a, and, and not, you know, you're, you're, you're engaged with the book because you're constantly trying to figure out exactly what's going on and it's not explained to you. And, and I don't know, maybe in the end, it's going to all be tied up in a nice neat bow, but I, I would guess not. Um, but I think it's one of the strengths of the book that, that it, it engages you as a, almost like uh like an anthropologist where you're just sort of seeing the things happen and the and the point of view and the way it's told is really interesting because you're never at some point you're not even clear who's talking about who and cuz she uses you instead of the names um which you know all sounds really weird but it works really well so uh yeah i really i really recommend it it's a it's a fascinating book it's really well written it's got a the tremendous world building thing going on there and uh and uh two thumbs up i'm always a fan when an author or a movie director doesn't dumb things down for us as mm. viewers or readers and just assumes that okay you know, you were smart enough to pick this up. Yep. And and I always, when the opposite happens, when they spell out the most like rudimentary things, I just, I'm just turned off by that. I'm just yep. like, this is, it's like that you could have 
dedicated that stuff to something else, right? Yeah, right. And right, you only have so much time, and you should spend your time. You know, and and part of it's you know relates to the themes of this show, right? I mean, one of the things that makes the kinds of approaches to science teaching that we're talking about so compelling, I think, for kids is because we don't give them the answers, and that's what engages them, right? Is that they're trying to figure, they're genuinely trying to figure stuff out, and I think as much as humans are are built developed evolved for anything that is a core competency that we developed which is our brains are designed to try and figure stuff out to find patterns that are meaningful and figure out what those patterns mean and what they tell us about the world and so when you're doing that with the with this entirely fictional world it's the same process and it makes your brain just like what is going on here i really need to understand it and uh, i think that's awesome so Uh, i agree super good book yeah series yeah all right. right. Music. That's oh, the, music. Uh, there's You're an album on there. Skip some. No, I don't know. If, what else? What else? What, what, what am I looking at? Am I looking at a different thing? Oh, um, maybe we're looking at different lists, and that's why. Uh, oh, uh, I'm looking in our in our planning document, but maybe you're looking somewhere else. Well, I created a new document, friend. Oh. I shared it with you. All right, so what are we looking at? What is it? I don't know, man. Uh, you, you, I'm I'm ready for music. You go with music. All right. So album. I went with uh, an album that actually I went with two. I'm sorry because I couldn't okay. choose. Um, I would say there's a of all the 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 genres of music that I've listened to mm-hmm. um, the one that I think is um, a uh, one that's, I, I, I don't really know as well as rap, right. I have been, you know, sort of, um, you know, I, I, I have, you know, the beastie boys, but they're kind of rap adjacent, but then I would say rap adjacent. I don't know. They're kind of like, you yeah. know, I think they would consider themselves rap artists. They may not have started out that way, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. So for me, the, um, I I found Tyler, the creator Mm, and I don't know why Tyler, the creator has resonated with me, but this is a shared love for me and, and my son and my daughter. We just are all Tyler, the creator fans. And he was supposed to come to Pittsburgh and we had tickets to go see him. And the two albums that I would say, now, I mean, there's some curse words in there. I would say check out his Tiny Desk concert, which mm. was really entertaining. It's about like maybe a year or two ago. Great stuff. But um, Flower Boy and Igor, those are these are older albums. Flower Boy came out in 2017. Igor came out in 2019. Both awesome albums. They're in constant replay in our house and if we're driving someone's putting it on um there's uh on flower boy the song uh see you again is just a an earworm i can like if i start the song in the house if i just start the couple of the words in the song then somebody else is going to pick up the rest of the song it's like (laughs) that kind of like earworm you know and uh then earthquake on uh not earthquake earth E-A-R-F Quake. Earthquake. Earthquake is on on Igor. Both great. Now there's some cursing and some of it gets a little loud, you know, but it is entertaining. Very entertaining. Excellent. Yeah. All right. I'll add it to the list. All right. So I like your list. So we'll stick with with your new document list. So we'll stick with that one. Um, 
So, I mean, music has to be for me. I mean, you know, again, maybe this is recency bias, but I think it's also because this is that show that I just saw recently. Um, and live music is something, you know, again, that is just beginning to become part of my life again. And it, so it's exciting. But Brandy Carlisle, you know, I just can't say enough about how amazing she is and how um, remarkable I, like she is as a show person and how much she's evolved and, but also just how much I like her as a human being, but her, her new album in these silent days um, is phenomenally good. And, you know, I will say part of the um, appeal of this album is a lot of it is, it's about her and her life as a parent. And, you know, go back, going back to the documentary you mentioned, like the songs that she writes about are about, she writes about her kids and about her, her life as a parent and trying to be a good parent. And, um, and so she's, and she's, you know, sort of in this middle space of she, uh, I don't know if she's country or folk or pop or rock, um, the album actually plays a lot um, less rocky than she is um, in live. She really, um, really is more has a more rock vibe to those interpretation to those songs live than than they are on the album. But um, but they're they're you know great songs, and I think like <clears throat> the the big ones, um, right on time and. This time tomorrow and Broken Horses, those are like the singles, I guess you'd say, off that album. They're they're all great. Um, I particularly like Right on Time. Um, but one of the one of the deeper cuts that I really like is called Sinner Saints and Fools. And that's it's an interesting sort of message song. Um, but it's also just a really great song. It's just fun to listen to. So um so I don't know. It's uh, you know, she's unimpeachable, so I, you know, I, I just think it's, it's hard not to recommend her, but, um, but certainly, you know, in this house, it is, it is, a, a on regular listen that her, all of her music, but, you know, recently that one. Yeah. Some friends of mine are going to see her out at Red Rocks in a few weeks. So that's like, you yeah. know, was on their bucket list to go to Red Rocks and, you know, it's going to be see, an amazing show. Yeah. I, bet. I, I mean, she's playing some iconic venues on this tour. It really is amazing. I mean, um, so, uh, and it seems like every place she goes, she's talking about it and how iconic it is, but yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Meriwether post was, is an awesome place to play too. It so, is. Yeah. yeah. It was one, it's an iconic place as well, you know, and a Frank Geary building and a, and a crazy cool place with a lot of history to it as well. So yeah, but Red Rocks, I've seen some shows at Red Rocks having lived in Colorado well, for yeah. six years and I mean, it, it's hard to beat that in terms of a backdrop, but, um, but yeah, it's, uh, if you get a chance to see her hundred percent do that, um, she just, she puts on a great show and, and the twins, her, the two guys that work with her that are part of her, like her, her family are amazing. So that's awesome. Yeah. All right. So, uh, do you want to do some signs in between favorites or joys i don't know i don't know i have mixed feelings about those yeah it's kind of uh, like you know self-congratulatory right yeah. hey we're witty or look how funny we are we did that last year and yeah. you know no but i think i do think you know real talk uh between us so that listeners don't have to listen to this part of this we'll just have a little side 
you know, a sidebar conversation here, you and I, um, is I, I do think it would be useful for us to put together a page where we sort of suggest some episodes and maybe an order sure. um, for folks who are new to the program to say, hey, if you're, if you're interested in this kind of stuff, you could check out these episodes. Because I do think we have, um, you know, some of them are very specific and then some of them are much more big picture, conceptual. And um, so I think there, there we could develop a sort of entry list to this and we've never really been that analytical. But I think it'd be useful yeah. because uh, I think not necessarily that some shows are better than others, though that's obviously the case. But I do think that there are episodes that you would help you understand what the show's about Absolutely. better than others, and uh, and maybe give you some background. So that's something we'll we'll uh, give that gift to our listeners at some point here. Yeah, that's a great idea. I think as we're finishing up year two, I know you and I have had some conversations about what this looks like moving forward. And one of the things that motivated us to do this was not only the the circumstances of the pandemic, which is what started this, but also the opportunity for us to just uh, work together, chat more often, yeah. and then, you know, wrestle with things that we're, we're dealing with, like both, you know, professionally and personally. And, and I think that's, to me, one of the the joys of of this experience is, you know, because I I have a lots of colleagues who are doing podcasts now, lots of folks who are doing podcasts, yep. and and I would say, you know, everyone has a different motivation for doing this this thing, right? Mm-hmm. And some are like trying to put new knowledge out in the world, and we're we we have that, we have some, you know, putting new knowledge out there, and I think the other part is, you know, just to be able to pick each other's brains and talk about things that, you know, you and I are both wrestling with. And, and that to me is, is a real joy. And to be able to share that conversation with other people out there. And even if it's somebody who just, you know, picks up an episode or somebody who's, you know, been with us for 104 episodes, regardless of, you know, how they access or enter this conversation, we're just glad they're you're here. And that, that brings me a lot of joy. Yeah, me too. I agree. And, and I think, you know, in terms of, excuse me, in terms of like, what do you come for and why do you stay? I mean, I do think um, ultimately, I think people will continue to listen because of the voices, right? Because of the yeah. us and the way that we talk to each other. And, and, and it's less about, are they going to necessarily in every episode, learn something new that they can write in their notebook of important things? I hope some of those things happen, but I also think some people are, are listening because, um, you know, of the conversations that we have and that they feel like they're part of that conversation because they are right. It, right. They're, and, uh, and some of you are actively part of that conversation and reach out to us. And we appreciate that because it makes us feel good because we know people are out there listening, but, yeah. um, but also, you know, we know you're out there even if you're not reaching out to us and, and we appreciate that. So, um, yeah, yeah thanks for being here. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? We'll catch you next time in between. See you then. Bye now. Bye now.